Amen. His love makes us sing, doesn't it? Man, I saw you guys singing, dancing before the Lord. It's just my heart good to see people rejoicing in the Lord. Does his heart good too, amen? Amen. Let's give a round of applause to our new uh, fill-in drummer, Rosalind. Hallelujah. Excellent job. You know, they say the best man for the job is a woman. You know, I've heard that said before, and you did very well, Rosalind. She lives in San Dimas, so that's kind of nice, in my neck of the woods. And so she's filling in for Rosh as he's uh, got some other things he has to do, but he'll be back. And uh, Ron always has an ample supply of musicians to make sure that we're all praising the Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. This Sunday morning, I get to share with you the Word of God. And we're in what they call Advent season. That's the weeks coming up to the birth of Christ. And we reminisce about how Jesus was going to come and how we were going to be foretold of his coming. Amen? So you want to join with me in that? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us a great day today to serve you. Thank you that we're here together in a warm building to say thank you, Lord, for all the wonderful things that you have done. We ask you to bless our time together, uh, orchestrate my mouth to speak your words, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, amen. Now, the scripture that I'm going to use that foretold of Jesus' coming, which I have grown to love, is in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And it goes like this. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. So now, there's two perspectives here. There's a heavenly perspective and an earthly perspective. There's a God perspective and a man perspective. Because... Uh, when we see what it says a child is born, in the natural, all we see is a baby. But in God's eyes, from heaven, he says, I'm giving you my son. I'm giving you my only begotten son, the one whom I love. I'm giving him to you. And the actual translation is, for your benefit, I am giving you my son. Praise God. God is a giver. Did you know that? Are you a giver? Okay. Uh, we need to warm up a little bit. Okay. God is a giver. Let's talk about it. God so loved the world that he did what? Gave his only begotten son. He is a giver of life. He's given us his divine nature on the inside of us. He's a giver of all good and perfect gifts. He gives us the desires of our heart. He gives us perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him. He gives us brand new mercies every morning. Hallelujah. Did you wake up today and say, I need some mercy, Lord? Praise God. He gives us blessings we don't deserve. Isn't that true? He gives us chance after chance after chance to get right with him. And he's not looking for perfect. He's looking for those that are seeking him and wanting to do what's right in his eyes. He gives us exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. God is a giving God. And if you've read in the Bible, when God made his first announcement of his son coming, he didn't go to the high priest in Jerusalem. He didn't go to the Pharisees and the scribes. He didn't go to the religious elite. He didn't go to the highly educated. He didn't go to the affluent, affluent and well-to-do. He didn't go to those that are climbing the ladder. The, he said, the only people I'm going to go to is the shepherds out in the fields. 
Isn't that amazing? A humble beginning. Now, what I learned in studying this, we just thought that they were shepherds out there. No, there's much more deeper meaning in that. These shepherds were not your run-of-the-mill shepherds. These are the ones that were taking care of these sheep that were going to be offered as sacrifice in the temple. And those swaddling clothes weren't just ordinary swaddling clothes. Those, those were clothes, uh, cl uh, cloths that were supposed to keep the lamb pure, clean, unblemished, perfect until they were sacrificed. So God, he thinks ahead. He has spiritual perspective. He says, I'm going to go because my son is going to be the perfect lamb for the slaughter. He's going to be the perfect lamb for our sins. And he says, I'm going to tell the shepherds. So that's why the shepherds knew, go to the manger because that's where all the sheep are going to be slaughtered. Amen? So Jesus said, I'm not going to the uh, uh, high and mighty. Have you heard of the, the, the down and out? There's also the up and out. You ever have to... Minister to those that are so rich, they don't know what to do. <laughs> I told the story in Women's Fellowship. We had a, 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 a relative of ours who was a millionaire, okay? He was dying, and he didn't know if he was going to go to heaven or not. We, we took the trip to Palace, uh, Pacific Palisades and witnessed to him, and he said the most amazing thing. He says, you mean I can confess Jesus as Lord, that he would wipe out all of my sins with just one prayer. All of my sins for 67 years? I said, yes, he will, because he's a merciful and gracious God. Praise God. So, so God goes to the up and out and the down and out. Those that are out uh, of good luck, those that are outcasts of society, those that are ostracized by their peers, those who have come upon some down times, Christ came to save those that were lost. Amen. Now, here's the amazing thing. To a field full of sheep. Now, if you go to a field full of sheep, what's on the ground? I'm trying to keep it holy. Okay. There's, there's droppings, right? There's sheep droppings. And, and, and God said, I'm going to show my glory in the midst of a mess. In the midst of messy situations, it blows our mind. In the mess of our lives, God says, I'm coming to shine on you, to give you glory and to give you a purpose and a plan for your life. Amen? These shepherds were looking and going like, I know the glory of God is in the temple, but here we are out in the field. Here we are out in the street. Here we are out on our job. Here we are in our neighborhood, and the glory of God is going to shine around us so we can be witnesses to those that we come in contact with. Can I get an amen? Amen. So they, they, uh, the, these shepherd guys, now they, it wasn't a nine-to-five job. They were living with the sheep, living in the mess. And God says, I'm going to come in and bless you. Praise God. And he said, I'm going to come at nighttime. In your darkest hour, when you're feeling depressed, discouraged, God said, I'm going to come and shine my light in your life. You ever been there like you're ready to give up? You're like saying, okay, this is a mess. I can't correct it. I don't know where I'm going to go. Please, Lord, help me. He said, I'm here to help you. He's, he said he's with the broken and contrite spirit. Those that are downcast, those that are, are in the miry clay, he said, I'll lift you up. I'll pick you up. I'll put a purpose in your life, and I'll set you on a right course. Amen? Yeah. All right, I'm getting excited, okay? Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He'll come in the darkest places of your life. In fact, that's kind of the time when he will, when you humble yourself and you say, Lord, I, I need you. I can't do, the, do this anymore. I need you. So let's continue with this uh, passage. It says, uh, unto you a child is born, unto you a son is given. And then it goes on and says, 
and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, that is a mouthful, isn't it? How, how could he be all that? Well, he is. Let's take a look at it. Amen? He did. He, first is he's wonderful. Oh, so wonderful. Now, he's done some mighty, wonderful works while he was on the earth. He's a wonder-working God. He made the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, and he's working even now in our lives. He's done, hasn't he done wonderful things in your life? He's done things that you, you, it blows your mind. Not only are they wonderful, it's wonderfully done. You look back and you go, now, how did he do that? How did that, for instance, you know, we've been working back to back since July with events and planning things here, so we needed to take a vacation. We said, well, January is kind of a, a month where, you know, we don't have a lot of events, so let's, let's take a trip somewhere. So we were trying to decide, where can we go? Can't fly anywhere, praise the Lord. <laughs> Got to drive somewhere. Where haven't we been? Uh, what, what part of the country do we like? We said, Sedona. Sedona, Arizona. That's a nice place to go. Got those red rocks and everything. We can, you know, kind of just take a deep breath. And so we made the plans. We're going to go to Sedona in January. So we're here setting up some things at the church, and one of the ladies who we knew from a previous church was donating some supplies to the kitchen. So as she was coming up, she was wearing a shirt that said Sedona on it. Holy coincidental, coincidental, isn't it? So uh, we said, oh, we're going to Sedona in January. And she said, so are we. And she said, we have a timeshare, and you can go with us for free. I, I said, let me think about that a minute. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> now, here's my question. How did God arrange that? to get that girl to wear that shirt on that day to come to be with us. Amen? And, and I want to tell you, it's not because I'm a pastor that she, she gave us that timeshare. It's because I love her. It's because I serve her. I've served people ever since I got saved. And you can have that same blessing. When you serve people, they find it in your heart. God puts it in their heart to want to give to you. Like I said, God is a giver. And so they, you know... We got three rooms for me, my wife, my son, uh, Marianne's mom. How, how, how can you do that? God, God is so wonderful. Uh, so you can have that too. God is not limited with his blessings. He can bless, bless, and bless. But the most important thing about God, you ready for this, in him being wonderful, is his compassion and love towards us. How he touches the brokenhearted the empty, the helpless, the hopeless. He brings deliverance and acceptance to his people. Now, no one has touched humanity like Jesus has. The Bible says he was Emmanuel, God with us. He, he's not a distant or faraway God. He's with us. He walks with us. He eats with us, with the disciples. He talks with them. He cries with them. He laughs with them. He changes people when they comes into their lives. The fishermen gave up their their businesses, the tax collectors threw their money down and went to be with Jesus. These people gave up their professions to walk with Jesus. And the Bible says that people were amazed at all the wonderful things he did. Now, now who, who takes your breath away? Who, who makes you change your life? Who, who makes you do things that you wouldn't have done before? 
Who, who makes you better than what you were before? Who makes you be something that you weren't before? So, someone that takes the sin out of your life and talks and teaches you to be good, to be a good husband, to be a good wife, to be a good neighbor, to be a good worker. He does that. He touches our lives. Now, who is this person, this wonderful person that makes us reach out and want to help someone? Amen? Who is this person that makes you want to care about others? Only God in us can do that. His name is Jesus. Who is this person that brings feelings and emotions that you've never felt before? Oh, my gosh. What, what is this? What's come over us? Amen? God is with us. And I was telling my friend, I play with some basketball guys, and they may be nice, but they're not godly. <laughs> you know, you can tell there's that little difference that, that deep down that they don't have the love of God on the inside of us. They can be nice, they can be friendly, they can be pleasant, but when things go wrong, they're not that way. But in the Bible, there is people that would break an alabaster box and pour costly perfume all over Jesus. There were some people that would take their paralyzed friend and drop him down a roof for, the, for Jesus to heal him. There was a, a, a tax collector who says, when Jesus came to his house, I'll give half of everything I own to the poor. And if I've wronged anyone, I'll give him sevenfold. What kind of man, what kind of God does that that changes our life from the inside? Amen? Paul and Silas, when they were being persecuted in jail, what did they do? They didn't complain, but they sang praises unto God. What kind of Jesus is this? He is wonderful. You want some more wonderful? Amen. You need some more wonderful? You ready for this? Who moves and stirs you up more than Jesus? Who gives you more fulfillment and completeness, completeness in your life than Jesus? Who is this man who consumes you, who you think about when you go to bed? You think about him when you wake up. He's in your thoughts. He's in your mind. Everything that you do, you're thinking about him. How penetrating is this wonderful man, this wonderful God that we call Jesus? Amen? He doesn't have a part of us. He has all of us. He makes us do those things that we would never do before. He's the I am. He's the one that you have to serve and give to. He is a great God. Amen? So he's a wonderful God. Wonderful. Don't you like to be around wonderful people? People that just say good things about you, just love you. Okay, and also he's a counselor. Did you know that? Now, there's, you think he's a good counselor or a great counselor? He's a great counselor. There's many types of counselors, right? There's a, a career counselor. There's a marriage counselor, a legal counselor, a health counselor, psychological counselor. But Jesus is all those rolled up into one. And you know what I like about Jesus? You don't have to tell him the whole story. You just tell him, I need help. Help me, Jesus, <laughs> right? The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of the Lord. And he will show you the way you're supposed to go. He'll tell you who you're supposed to marry. He'll tell you what job you're supposed to take. He'll tell you uh, uh, all the things that he has planned for you to do. He says, I'll give you a future and a hope. And here's what I like about God. He can even change your future. The Bible says he made everything that Joseph did to prosper. Whatever Joseph did, he, the angels and the Holy Spirit arranged it so that would prosper. If he planted corn, he got a bunch of corn. If he planted wheat, he got a bunch of wheat. Whatever he did. The Lord made him to prosper, right? In Isaiah, let's look at the next slide, Isaiah 30, 21. And thine ears 
shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. God is speaking to us. He wants to guide and direct us. And you will turn to the right hand or turn to the left. So God knows how to take care of us. He knows how to talk to us. So he's, he's wonderful. He's a counselor. And guess what? He's a mighty God. Now, I like that about God. Mighty, mighty, mighty God. Now, let's break that down. It's an interesting description because the word mighty in the Hebrew has one of the definitions as being a hero. Don't you, don't you want a hero to be with you? When you were growing up, what hero did you pick? Men pick heroes. I want Superman. I want Incredible Hulk. You know, I want, now they have all these new uh, heroes. But they're make-believe. Huh? Batman. Batman. I can tell your age, you know. Uh, <laughs> what are the new ones? The Marvel? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't study it. But anyway, <laughs> he is our hero, that he'll come to us. I, I always liked the Incredible Hulk. I thought that would be pretty cool. You'd be sitting around the table, somebody give you a hard time, and, and the, the Incredible Hulk just all of a sudden puff up. <laughs> Get him, <laughs> you know. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I liked Mighty Mouse, okay. Here I come to save the day. That means that Mighty Mouse is on his way. Because I'm, you know, a little small in nature, and I figure if I could fly and had that punch, boy, that would be really good. But in addition to, let's look in Hebrews 4, 16. It says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, are you ready for this revelation? This is a colloquialism. In time of need means in the nick of time. Ooh. You, you ever been there? You'd be laying in bed going, oh, Lord, what are you going to do? I need help. I need help tomorrow in Jesus' name. And he'll come in the nick of time. He's a real-life hero, mighty God. He's wonderful. He's a counselor. He's a mighty God. Could, could it get any better? Oh, yeah. Here we go. He's, and this is what amazes me. He's an everlasting father. This is one of the most incredible aspects of God. He wants us to call him father. Not all powerful, almighty, you know, high above the throne God. He said, call me dad. Call me father. Kind of like going to, uh, you know, Queen Elizabeth and you say, oh, your highness, uh, your majesty, your highness. And she says, oh, just, just call me mums, you know, just let's be, let's be family. God said, I want to be a father to you. That, and now my dad was good to me. My, whatever I needed, God, uh, my, my dad would give to me. He wouldn't withhold any good gift. That's what the Bible says. God does not withhold any good gift to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. A father, you can hide underneath him. He, he'll protect you. He'll provide for you. He'll love you. Amen? I've, I've had situations in my life that I would do the wrong thing. Anybody ever do the wrong thing? Oh, Yeah. And, and God somehow bails me out. I don't know how he does it. People come against me, and, and it, it just doesn't work. They're not able to, you know, capture me, to, to, to get me, because God is protecting me. Praise God. He's a dad. Now, he, not only is he a father, he said, I'm going to put my DNA in you, so you'll be like me. As the father was to the son, so are we to the father. In, in 2 Peter 1 Verse 3 says, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which you have been given 
which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. When I first read that, I go, oh, I, can, I don't have to lust. I, I, I have escaped it because he gave me his divine nature. I, I wonder sometimes pastors uh, that get caught up in sexual sin and all these things, I'm going like, What's wrong with them? Shouldn't there have been something on the inside of them that warned them, that put a check in their spirit? This is wrong. Uh, red light, uh, 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 you know, don't do that. Don't, don't go there. Praise God. And people say, oh, you know, they're human. Yeah, they're human, but they have the divine nature on the inside of us. And so a lot of times we have to pull ourselves away from sin when we're first saved. It was described to me when I got, first got saved, I would have problems you know, in my mind and in my actions, and I would go to the pastor, and I said, am I possessed or what? Why am I, why am I just keep doing the wrong things? Why am I thinking the things, you know, that I shouldn't be thinking? <laughs> he said, okay, well, maybe you are. No. He said, <laughs> he said, what you got to do is take that, in those days, the VCR out, erase it, and put it back in with some good thoughts. And he said, when you're force and you're resisting sin, it's like a rocket ship that's taken off from the earth. And in the, in the beginning, there's a lot of thrust. There's a lot of shaking. There's a lot of pulling away from the earth. And you have to fight the good fight. You have to lay hold of eternal life. And, and then as you get up a little higher, it gets easier. And all of a sudden, you see yourself soaring. And then finally, you get into the atmosphere where there's no gravity and you're just floating and you just go, oh, it's so good to know the Lord. Amen? So that's, he says, I'll give you that power. Uh, and he says, I, I've adopted you and given you all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So that we are seated together with him in heavenly places. So if you need help, what do you do? You just lean over and say, Father, I need some help. Amen? He's there for us. If he's given us his son, how much more will he give us all things? Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we shall be called children of God. Praise God. And the last thing, and this is something that we all need, he's the Prince of Peace. And, you know, in Hebrew, it's called Shalom. And the Jewish people, they greet each other with Shalom. They say goodbye, Shalom. Peace, peace be unto you. And um, Paul would always say that. He would say... Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. So if you don't have enough grace and peace, ask the Lord to multiply it in your life. To have the peace of God which, what, passes all understanding, that guards your heart and your mind. We are supposed to have the peace of God. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that would try to uh, rob our peace. The world situation, the economy, our economy, <laughs> the storms of life. But one thing I've learned that there are always storms around us, as long as it doesn't get in us. We have to be above it. We have to walk as if, just like walking on water, God is keeping us full of uh, his peace. And Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So let's see. Do we have that scripture? It says, the last one. You ready for this? This is something you can really grab hold of. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give. Remember, he's a giver. He's going to I'll give you peace. Not as the world gives, give I to you. 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We have the peace of God. So whatever situation that you're in, whether it be chaotic or confusing, I just like to say, the peace of God come into my life. The peace of God come into this situation. So who is Jesus to us? He's wonderful. He's our counselor. He's our mighty God. He's our everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. For unto us a child was born, unto us a son was given for our benefit. And let's pray. Father, we just thank you that as we come together, we find out all the wonderful things that you are giving to us, all the names that, you've, that we've looked at. We need to pick one out for this day and say, Lord, I need you to be a prince of peace. I need you to be my father. I need you to be a mighty God. I need you to be a counselor to me or be wonderful, do wonderful acts in my life. We're calling on you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, to hear your people, hear your people cry, and know that you're there for us. You're a mighty God, a God that is there to be with us, even in the nick of time. So, Father, I just thank you. As you lift up your hearts to him, you can just kind of speak to him about what you need in your life, and he'll be there to provide it for you. He knows what you need before you even ask. So just take a moment and just talk to him in your heart. Ask him for his hand in your life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. presence of the Lord is so sweet, and it's for each of us individually, as well as collectively. You're in the Father's hands. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord. We call on your name, Father. We call on your name. How glorious it is. How wonderful it is. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. If you're out there and you say, you know, I have never accepted the Lord. I don't know if I'm going to heaven or not. I want to know for sure. There's a prayer that you can pray. You can wipe out all your sins that you've ever committed and even the ones that you're going to commit. Just ask the Lord. Say, Father, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Be Lord of my life. And guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Or if you've gone astray a little bit, you say, you know, I'm not following the plan that you have for me, the pathway that you have prepared for me, I ask you, Lord, to bring me back. Bring me back, Lord, into your good graces. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Renew in me 
the joy of your salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. And all agreed said, amen. We're going to honor the Lord right now in communion. Jesus, when he was with his disciples, he said, I'm going to do, I'm going to offer myself up to you, my body and my blood. And as I do this, I want you to remember me for all of time, what I've given to you. My body as a sacrifice, my blood as a sacrifice to wipe away all your sins. So we're going to uh, bless the elements right now. And as you take it, just say, Lord, I want to be better. I want to serve you stronger. I want to correct what's wrong in me. Help me to do that. In Jesus' name, we pray. So, Father, we bless the bread symbolic of your body, the blood symbolic of your blood. We do this in remembrance of you. Amen. You know, Jesus said, before he went to the cross, he said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part with me. So we do this being a part of him, letting his spirit come in on the inside of us. I just feel, I just sense the presence of the Lord here today so strong. I believe that he wants to talk to you and set you on a new course. We're coming up into January. You know, everybody makes New Year's resolutions. We can make it right now and say, Lord, from this day forward, I'm going to see you as who you are in my life, how big you are, how glorious you are. I believe we have a people that are hungry for the Lord. They want all of him and less of you. Amen? So as you remember... Jesus gave all of himself to us by giving us his body. He came down from heaven as a gift to us. Take and eat of the bread symbolizing his body. His blood that was shed for us the Bible says, unless there is shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. All of our sins have been forgiven. We're washed clean as snow. As we walk out of here, it's as if we've never sinned. 
So take and drink of the cup. saints of God. Amen, beloved of the Most High. Amen, children that has a Father who loves you. More love than you could ever even imagine. You know, my son said, uh, some people, when they sin, they feel like, oh, God doesn't love me anymore. But he said, I was his example that I love him with an everlasting love. How much more our Heavenly Father gosh. I don't know. Are you, are you feeling this? Is it just me or is you feeling it? Hallelujah. Have your way, Lord. Have your way with your people. Have your way. Tune in to the Lord. Open your hearts. Receive him. He wants to come in. Ooh, take control of your people, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The more I serve the Lord, the more I spend time with him, I realize I'm, I'm nothing. <laughs> I'm a nobody. <laughs> it's all about him. But he may, let me be partakers of his divine nature. Amen. Let's celebrate the Lord today.